When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly. For your business paper needs or Dunder Mifflin, the people versus paper people. Dunder Mifflin, the people versus paper people. Dunder Mifflin, the people versus paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host, no, not Ashton Kutcher. It's Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin James, Dundee's co-host. And with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. Give me that dog. It's not your dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again. Oh, okay. Give me that damn dog, <laughs> thief. <laughs> Annie, Annie Shelto. <laughs> you feel that? Do it again. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> You feel that energy? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, that's one of the be- better bleep moments in the show. There's another one. <laughs> Every week we get together to talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. This week we are talking about D'Angelo Vickers and uh, and the D'Angelo Vickers arc. Uh, I would say this is uh, we've kind of determined this is just a four episode arc here from Training Day season seven episode nineteen. To the Inner Circle, uh, Season 7, Episode 22. So Yeah, we zeroed in on this moment or this time in the show, and I don't know that D'Angelo himself gives us that much to profile as a character, mm-hmm. but these four episodes are incredibly important. They're kind of a, uh, a joint or a segue or a, or a, a bridge within the show uh, between eras. For yeah, sure. it's weird. It's a weird little four episodes because you have this, the emotional weight of Michael leaving the show... And then you're bringing in yeah. an A-list comedian who's just going insane all four episodes. Yes. is just doing crazy stuff. Um, it, it kind of eases the pain of losing Steve Carell a little bit, I, I think. <laughs> I, was, I was talking to my partner about this, but I think you guys have seen Armageddon. A no. long time ago, but <laughs> No, sure, okay, yeah. well. <laughs> but a, very long, a very long time ago, but There's yeah. a scene in that where they're, they're, they're showing these oil drillers that have turned into astronauts in 10 days. They're showing the scene of how they're going to get to the asteroid, and they're like, we're going to leave Earth's atmosphere, and then we're going to hit the moon, and we're going to slingshot around the moon and use the gravity generated from that to propel us out into space to the asteroid, right? Basic science, right? Yeah, that's right? science. 
Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> my thought, I'm no checks astrophysicist, out. but yeah, it checks out. That was my analogy for what D'Angelo is, is that slingshot of gravity to sort of get them the trajectory they need to get into <laughs> outer space and uh, figure out where they're going. And that's kind of, yeah, that's what D'Angelo's doing. He's just an extra jet engine to like, hey, oh, Michael's leaving. This is going to suck. But if we get Will Ferrell, maybe they won't notice. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my thought. I, I, Armageddon fans, you're welcome. I agree. Well, um, yeah, uh, and, and uh, after we discuss the D'Angelo Vickers arc, we've got a little um, little conference room later, followed by some trivia. Um, and, uh, you know, I apologize for the sound quality on my end. Today I'm recording in my phone because we're in Portland, Oregon, and we've got a lot of smoke out here. So we've, we've moved out of our apartment for a second, staying with the in-laws. Not only um, is it just smoke, we have we have the worst air quality in the world by a long, long shot. Yeah, yeah, all it's along crazy the West out here, Coast guys. Right yeah, now. yeah, yeah. So, so um, love to all our our people on the West Coast and anyone out there fighting fires. Maybe I know there's a lot of people volunteering. So mm-hmm. thank you guys um, so much. But uh, but anyways, let's dive into our D'Angelo yes, Vickers. Let's like, escape yeah. for a moment. Will, the, air can outs- we? the air outside will kill us. The air inside <laughs> will kill us. Our breath will kill us. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about the let's office. Let's talk about Fuck TV. Yeah. Um, um, D'Angelo Vickers played by Will Ferrell. So this, you know, this episode aired, uh, Training Day episode in, uh, aired in 2011. So this is like, I mean, everybody knows who Will Ferrell is at this point. I mean, he's um, he performed alongside Steve Carell in 2004 in Anchorman. Um, and, uh, of course, you know, of SNL fame and all that, if you didn't know that any of that. Um, but... <laughs> but um, but I mean, this is like he is just a huge star at this point. So in case anyone you know doesn't understand the timeline of of when this episode is happening, he was he was a big big get for The Office, even just um, the four episodes. Because I think it takes about you know it takes about five days um, um, to record to uh, film an episode. So he was on the show for about a month. Um, which is a good amount of time for for a guest appearance. Um, I'm trying to and, think. I don't think there's any other guest stars that are. I mean, Kathy Bates is probably next in terms of just general cachet of fame and power. That, that right. as far as a guest star. Yeah, but Will Ferrell is like on a whole other level for the show to the point that it's Huge. a little jarring at first. It's like, whoa, Will Ferrell in this show. It doesn't quite feel like The Office now. Feels mm-hmm. like a Will Ferrell movie. I feel like you would tune in for Will Ferrell in a way that you wouldn't tune in for any of the guest stars that they had mm-hmm. at any other point in the series. Even Kathy Bates is a big star as well, but you wouldn't necessarily tune in to see Kathy Bates on The Office in the way that you would Will Ferrell, where it's a combination of one of the biggest comedy stars in the world with one of the biggest sitcoms in the world. He brings a very unique energy uh, to The Office, and it's very, very different, uh, these four episodes. I guess Very they got true. Jim Carrey for one scene, Warren Buffett. Well, right, yeah, Jim Jim Carrey comes <laughs> in, uh, Ray Romano, Warren Buffett, yeah. Will Arnett. Those guys all come in during – and James Spader, I guess. James Spader is also sure. maybe yeah. on that level. But yeah. in terms of a big comedy star and somebody you would tune in to see as a guest nah, star, I James, think Will Ferrell kind of sits alone. James Spader's on the blacklist. 
<laughs> He's blacklisted. He wears a hat. <laughs> I, it is. It is. Uh, it's a good point that that as far as for as how long Will Ferrell. It's like wow. I guess he was on set for a month. Yeah, that's a long. That's a, a long that's time. A sizable that's a good, project that they got. That's him a good for. chunk. That's a good chunk. So they got to hang out a lot with Will Ferrell, the cast. And that's the, pretty cool. The other thing was at the time while we were watching this live, uh, or at least every week, like we. It was announced, like we knew going into the season that like Will Ferrell's coming for like four or five episodes. Like, do you remember yeah. that? I feel like we all knew that it was a limited run and he wasn't there. They were very clear to be like, Will Ferrell is not the new manager. He's just going to be in for a guest run. Well, I remember that they kind of announced them all at once. So it was like, I thought that there was like a list of just like all these people. And it was like, you know, Will Ferrell and Ray, uh, sorry, uh, Jim Carrey and Ray Romano were on there too. So. Mm-hmm. I remember being surprised at how much Will Ferrell was in there, but um, mm-hmm. and then disappointed with how little Jim Carrey was. <laughs> I absolutely remember that. I remember yeah. reading on Twitter the announcements that there were going to be guest stars and that Will Ferrell was going to be named D'Angelo Jeremetrius Vickers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And as a viewer, yeah. not really knowing what to do with that, what, what is that actually going to be? Yeah. Uh, and getting these names of characters and these different celebs who were going to be starring on the show at the end of the season. We knew that Steve Carell was, was going to leave the show, uh, but I think one thing that kind of underscored these episodes as a viewer when they first aired on TV was that there was a real unpredictability about them which is where we didn't know where the show was going. And I remember too, uh, this isn't necessarily a part of this arc, but in between seasons, so between season seven concluding and season eight beginning, we w- I would discuss with, with friends about who we thought the manager was going to be. Mm. There was a lot of uncertainty around the show at that time. Mm-hmm. Not, not uncertainty about whether or not it would come back or anything like that, but just where it was going. Most definitely, yeah, and uh, I mean, I, I mean, we'll talk about this later too. Whether or not we think that they could have kept going with Will Ferrell, if that was ever even an option, I'm sure it wasn't. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, any a little about D'Angelo Jeremetrius Vickers. He has four children, one being a son. Uh, he loves the American Southwest. Um, he's a terrible salesman, a survivor of obesity. Um, and he was hired by Joe Bennett after he rescued her dog on the street. Um, I want to, uh, we should start at the beginning. We should start a training day with this incredible the pilot, season one, episode one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, we should start with, uh, with training day uh, this incredible, incredible cold open where we meet, um, D'Angelo, um, We've got Michael Scott uh, waiting at the hotel bar. Um, uh, starting a very, he orders a Kahlua sombrero, which is a good piece of trivia for for y'all out there. It's come up a couple times on our show. <laughs> it's come up enough that it's no longer good trivia for us. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just a bad piece of trivia for it's you. It's just then, bad okay? trivia right now. Um, <laughs> there's just so many incredible parts in this in this opening that I just. I, like rewatching it again, I just like I can't help but laugh. Anybody, everybody, I know who skis is dead. That's just, that's just <laughs> one of the best lines. That whole conversation they have at the bar, uh, it's it's great because like they don't know that he's the replacement yet, so they get some time to just sort of have some banter, uh, where they're just kind of businessmen crossing past in the night at a hotel, and they're like not so they're not like trying to 
size each other up or anything. They're just sort of getting along and saying kind of weird things and both agreeing with each other, even though they're wrong about almost everything they say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sunshine Colorado, State. Yeah. Sunshine State, <laughs> which not, is Florida. <laughs> yeah, that's not true. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. You know, I tried to don't get... tell my fiance I'm drinking on a Wednesday. Uh, I won't. No. I don't know her. You know, I tried to get an animal Olympics going once. Oh, yeah? What happened? Oh. Yeah. Life happened. <laughs> That's one of the best lines. That's one of my favorite D'Angelo lines. And then, of course, oh, that whole cold open ends with them back in the conference room. Uh, you know, Just basically running around, playing like little kids. Yeah, <laughs> we should write a movie or something. I'm serious. That just happened. Oh, she'll do. She'll do just fine. I do love following that when the character he tells everybody about that, and all of them kind of have this reaction where they didn't you feel kind of dumb that you didn't notice yeah. that story that makes you sound stupid. You didn't figure it out yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's the gist of all of their reactions. <laughs> well, I I love that scene because that kind of touches on one of the themes of this of this training day episode of like um one um uh, Michael versus D'Angelo and then um um slowly, you know, the 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 ensemble versus D'Angelo and how they take to him. Um in this first training day episode, what we get is um uh, I think that the cat, the 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 rest of the employees are kind of fooled by D'Angelo in this first episode. Yeah, well, they haven't. By... They haven't really had any moments with him like they do once Michael's actually gone, and we'll get to it later. But early on, yeah, everyone just wants to make a good impression, and we see this. This has happened several times already by this point in the show that a new boss of some form has come in, and everyone's trying to make a good impression, and it rubs Michael the wrong way, which is like another great reason to have Michael and D'Angelo just have them getting along just the two of them so well and just clicking <laughs> by then their friendship even however short and shallow it is is tested just a little bit by their employees we see so much growth from Michael in season seven to the point where he's actually able to leave the office but at the very end we'd still see him trying to grapple with the fact that there will be somebody else in charge when he leaves <laughs> that he really struggles to see that they won't just do everything exactly the way that he did it when he leaves. Yeah. Uh, and Jim even says to him at some point, you know, we you know we got to do this. He's our new boss. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it is pretty funny to see that. And it does inflect a little bit of tension in these last couple episodes. Yeah, um, it does see between them. It's, yeah. And yeah, yeah. It's kind of an echo of, of the Ed truck dying. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a ripple from that still of like, mm. is anyone going to care when I'm gone? Cause it doesn't seem like anyone's going to care. And that's yeah. what he's fighting this whole time. And then it's like, oh, man, there's this guy that he likes who's taking over and everyone's already listening to him instead. And he's just like, give me my give me my last few days. Like, give me some respect. <laughs> Put some respect on my name. Right. That's what yeah. he's trying to do these last few episodes. Yeah. Next thing you know, he's handing Aaron a, a can of shaving cream saying, shave me. <laughs> oh, maybe the most viscerally upsetting scene in all of the office is watching Aaron shave Steve Carell. Okay. Just dry your lips. <laughs> Don't just shave my lips. Just dry <laughs> razor on dry skin. Uh, and just oh, uh, right over the and, and, and cream getting on the suit. It's just it's just nasty. It's really yeah. upsetting. But there's it a is... very funny blooper where uh Ellie Camper kind of sprays up towards the base of his eye <laughs> with the shaving cream and they have to stop it. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, that's great. Oh man. Um 
but yeah, <laughs> but then we get D'Angelo running out of the conference room, uh, trying to make amends, and we get that fantastic hug between the two. <laughs> oh my god! Why'd you have to be so good? <laughs> the backwards, the way Will Ferrell is gripping Michael and put just <laughs> when he accepts the hug and then hugs him backwards, and like Steve Carell's face is just buried in, in his back, like right there. <laughs> And they have a really heart-to-heart conversation. And it's like, those guys are just back doing Anchorman. They're just having fun together again. I know. They're old buddies. You can tell. There is a physicality, too, to D'Angelo that is different from Michael Scott. And that D'Angelo is just so much, Will Ferrell is just so much taller than Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. That really plays up their hug. <laughs> you really get to see how different their heights are. <laughs> and the way, I don't know, the way Michael goes into the hug where he's he's just... He's hurt at first, doesn't accept it, and then just dives into him as soon as he leaves. Michael's just like, there's a lot of moments in this arc where Michael's playing out things he's seen in movies, and this is one of them. Yeah. Yeah, this is like the end of a great bromance. This is a a movie moment that Michael's trying to create. They really should write a movie together. I'm serious. Um. I guess Anchorman 2, they kind of, a little bit. I'm sure. My, um, well, Michael's last Dundies, the next episode we get to see, uh, you know, in the first episode we did see a little bit of Will Ferrell trying to, or sorry, D'Angelo trying to be, you know, the confident new um, manager. But here he is succumbing to Michael's wishes. Um, if he wants to have mind control over him, he should be allowed to do that. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, just some fantastic um, improv between the two. I love one of my favorite moments is <laughs> them on the floor and Michael saying, say it with an accent. <laughs> I know this is the King speech comes up twice in this arc. Yeah, was, that's you could right. tell this was an extremely popular movie. Uh, that's right. That people right. were talking about at the time because we have this scene, Mike and Michael's not even trying to like help. D'Angelo. He really just wants to play this scene out with someone because he's like doing yeah. it with an accent. Like, why would you do that? And then in <laughs> uh, Michael's goodbye, of course, we see Pam walking in to see the King speech in the middle of the afternoon. When she's That's right. That's right. Run to do paper shredders. But um, it is an interesting setup because, like I said, the, the whole last episode was dealing with the sort of last tremors of Michael's insecurities. You know, the sort of aftershocks of Michael, like, wait, no one cares. And to D'Angelo's credit, he does he does show some smart leadership or at least some interpersonal understanding to, to approach Michael and say, look, this place won't be the same without you. You did such a good job. I should, I should try and learn some stuff from you. You've been here for so long. You know, like he does actually Mm -hmm. say, reach a hand across and say, you know what, Michael, you're right. And that's all Michael needed to hear. Just, just someone to acknowledge of like, you're going to have an impact here and I can't recreate that. And yeah, you're right. You have some ideas. And I mean, the first way that, we see that is the fight over how Aaron answers the phone when we have this mm-hmm. very direct example of management styles, uh, unfortunately thrust on Aaron, who's not equipped to handle that kind of pressure in the moment. And just says, Dunner Mifflin, this is, <laughs> Oh, you're right. That is better. Yeah. <laughs> and then when she does answer the phone, just says, I'm sorry. And hangs up. <laughs> uh, but, but once we get to Michael's last done, that whole episode is, is like, all right, if we're going to have some stuff from Michael last, how about the Dundies? That's his favorite thing. And right away, D'Angelo is not on board. He's the way they have his hair messed up. Cause it's so early in the morning. It's a great touch. 
And uh, yet another scene. they're giving out the nominations. The nominations. Yet another scene of Jim opening the door first thing in the morning at his house, which has happened a couple times in the show. That's right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love that they they show up at his door and his response is just, yep. 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 Stay in bed. What is it? Stay in bed. (laughs) Yep. His instinct is to say Pam's not here. He knows how to make it. There's there's no no fighting it. It's just acceptance. Just give me the plaques and go away. Yep. 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 Okay. All right. It is fun to see everyone's houses. Um, We don't don't get a tour of everyone's homes like this ever again. Um, Your donuts make me go nuts. Yeah. Uh, We get a shot of Toby's. Toby's got a nice nice little house. Really well kept. They throw eggs at it. Before yeah, before yeah. the egging. Is this an employee of ours? Uh, and then he, <laughs> and then of course uh, Meredith, which she's the real, she steals the whole show here. Reminds uh, me of yeah. Katrina. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, busted, busted. Oh, I got, I got a Dundee nice. She's so excited oh, and I'm bored. Sausages, I got and Vienna sausages, napkins. And napkins. Do you leave your door unlocked and ajar? <laughs> uh it really makes me love meredith more every time i see it yeah <laughs> we've talked about this and we haven't done a meredith episode yet but a character who i think grows on all of us yes yes oh i'm so <laughs> excited i think it's coming i think as a marinator I, don't, I won't speak for you guys but as i as i grow older and just certain parts of your life you just stop caring so much about and i feel like meredith is like the really extreme example of someone who's just grown older and it just doesn't care what people think anymore. And, she just uh, wants to party. She likes to party. And I, you just really love your Vienna sausages, <laughs> don't you? I think as office fans get older, people like Meredith more and more. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Well, um, I, I we get some. Uh, you know, I also think we got to talk about D'Angelo and Dwight as. Um, as uh, Dwight, of course, uh, did want the manager position, so we are starting to see more in this episode his um, his disdain for uh, Dwight's disdain for D'Angelo, and uh, we get uh, you know Dwight, of course, throwing the throwing the Dundee in the trash. Um, but uh, but uh, I do love in uh, <laughs> when D'Angelo finally stands up to Dwight a little bit later on in the inner circle. I'm pretty sure it is. Mm-hmm. Damn it, Dwight, enough. Yeah. <laughs> a little about me. <laughs> that's that's a non-musical yeah. earworm. It's, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. A little about me. I respond to strong leadership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I agree. There is. It, it shows Dwight's growth or how much Dwight has changed over the seasons to go from where he was in season two in the Dundies to season seven in Michael's last Dundies. How much... He cares how much, how little he cares about flattering the manager, and how much more concerned he is with his own career and his own trajectory and his own role within the office. And to be still stuck in uh, in that sort of supporting role at the beginning of the episode, too. Michael comes in and talks about how he needs to bring on a new co-host, and they, the camera touches on Dwight. D'Angelo is named the new the new co-host immediately. Dwight once again passed over. So mm-hmm. there is something there to work out with Dwight. Uh, that happens through the end of this season um, and then is kind of explained away in season eight. And you're right. Dwight was the consummate suck up for the show. That is Dwight's identity. That is where yeah. his care going back to the roots of Gareth Bale and, and Gareth Bale, Gareth uh, Keenan and Gareth Bale, Gareth, Bale, <laughs> Gareth Keenan and fantastic uh, striker. <laughs> Charlie, this is the moment. Yeah. Uh, 
going going back to the BBC office and that character, like where it comes from, that is he, a suck up is what that character is about. And you're right to see him not only just not care about being liked by D'Angelo, but just wanted to be left alone. He's like, I do my job. I do it well. Just leave me alone. I don't want I don't want any part of this uh, is very <laughs> weird for Dwight. It's very odd. Yeah. Um, and it's certainly something that comes up again when like Andy's manager. But but yeah, it's it's a that's what this whole period is. It's like for Michael, for Dwight, even for Jim and Pam to an extent. There's this weird chemistry with Michael leaving and D'Angelo coming in when they're they're all tested a little bit in different ways. Well, presumably there are Dundies that happen every year, but we only see two instances of them. And when they're driving back from Louis Volpe's to the office, uh, Dwight is riding shotgun and D'Angelo has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and Dwight talks about having a co-host who doesn't have microphonophobia. Right. So Dwight has been up there with Michael all of these years. And at the very last second, <laughs> playing the in key, his last playing act, the key drops. he names oh, D'Angelo as his co-manager. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And it, or co-host, I should say. And it is a bit of a mm-hmm, slap in the... Mm-hmm. I mean, Dwight's, Dwight's got a point. It's a bit of a slap in the face. Uh, I mean, how often does Michael... Have, has Dwight covered for Michael by just playing his recorder in front of a room full of strangers? Right. That's, <laughs> that's some real dedication. And he does it in this episode. And uh, yeah, and Michael has to go give a pep talk to D'Angelo. And that's the other part of this episode. And the, why it was such a good move to show the Dundies again from the first part of season two is you get... You get Michael in control. You get Michael giving a pep talk to someone to 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 have fun, and and the show must go on. And and Michael Mimo, just sort of Mimo. being being the most like level headed and in control person in Louis Volpe's, uh, which didn't wasn't quite the case in in the season two Dundies. But it's a it's just a it's this perfect showcase of how Michael is matured, and even in the awards that he gives to people shows his evolution um, from immature jokes into something that's you know not quite that. Mm-hmm. You also get uh, except for D'Angelo. the extreme repulsiveness award. Well, so, so this is what I'm getting <laughs> at is that D'Angelo is kind of a neutral person perceiving all of the Dundee stuff for the first time. Why? Why does the manager have to give the performance of a lifetime every single year when giving out very small personal awards to the people in the office? There, he, he says to himself, "If I think about it as running a meeting, then I'm fine." And they are, they all say, oh, just think of it as running a meeting. And Michael, Michael is not having it. It has to be the grandest production. He has to be the greatest showman. Shout out Hugh Jackman. And <laughs> there is, he has to have it that way. And, it, and, and D'Angelo just underscores how strange that is, uh, especially when he gives out the Extreme Repulsiveness Award to Toby. Oh, that's so mean. That's so mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he offers that commentary. And then they have to coach him up there. Come on, man. It's his last Toby's time. already shaking his head when the camera pans to him. He's yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Uh, I love that Aaron wins cutest redhead and Meredith just throws the trophy. Who's already, yeah. she's, already won, mom. she's already won best mom and she's pissed. <laughs> And uh, Jim's little speech is great about best dad. I don't know. Maybe being a good dad's about following your own compass. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I'll just get televised. I'll just get televised. And then, Pam... and then when he comes off stage, Pam <laughs> says, you didn't think to mention me once. Didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> didn't I? Oh, that's good. Um, oh, gosh. And then Aaron. Yeah. Just, just, just thrusting a dagger into Gabe's heart publicly. <laughs> that is brutal. Daryl uh, commenting, just like that was cold. 
Like it was, <laughs> dude. You break up in oh man in front of everyone. Uh, Gabe is doing. Gabe has a lot of funny moments throughout this arc too. But when he goes up, and I just love that he takes the mic and feels that he's still in the show, and he's like, obviously, I'm very mad, angry at Aaron right now. Uh, and I'm gonna go now. It's like, dude, you don't have to do that. We talked about character moments. I think this was last week's episode where people, or excuse me, in character moments that are still frustrating. And mm. where Jim is listening to Aaron talk about our relationship with Gabe, and he's like, "Yep, yeah, I'm gonna go." Just doesn't yes. interest me at all. That's a <laughs> it was good. In yes. character for Jim, it's very in character for Jim to bail, but still pretty frustrating that he just just pieces. Yeah, I I know, and I totally disagree with Jim. That's kind of an interesting conversation to to be in on and give some advice. Yeah. It's got us some juicy relationship stuff of like, wait, you're dating someone you you physically can't stand being near. That's crazy yeah like let's talk about you're that. hiding in your car to, yeah, yeah to eat and jim's like he's accomplished so much career-wise height-wise if <laughs> it's weird yeah because if jim had said like i was really uncomfortable but instead he says not interested it's like what yeah what it's not the right word but of Ooh. course that that sets us up to the moment uh where they come back to the office and they sing the the changed version of the song from rent or seasons of love is the name of the song and uh we get that last moment from all of them with michael something's happening mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which is part of this arc which is really nice which famously was, was a surprise part. to steve carell of course that's right yeah they give give uh d'angelo the solo um <laughs> dusting off his his stepbrothers scene there at the end <laughs> that's right <laughs> Uh, well that leads us into goodbye michael and in terms of d'angelo we it's kind of he sort of takes a back seat this episode he and andy go off on a on a sales pitch and this is where we learn that i think this is where we kind of finally learn that that d'angelo is not um who we think he is um he here i've got the uh the quote here in um in uh, in Goodbye, Michael, D'Angelo says, uh, Andy, you know you know how I met Joe Bennett and started on my ladder of success? Andy, no, I don't. D'Angelo, I'm walking along, out of work, again, thinking to myself, I only have enough cash to buy a sandwich or get drunk. <laughs> I know. I, I always want to bring that up with D'Angelo to remember, like, D'Angelo is like a street drifter. Like, yeah. like who knows where he yeah. was before this? It's, yeah. And he's got four yeah. kids. It's like, who, man, his life was a mess. Yes, Joe no really doubt. knows how to pick them. <laughs> yeah. I know. Him and Nelly. It's yeah. like, uh, it's so funny. Um, I, I hate to take us back to the Dundies, but there was one thing I wanted to say that we didn't. Go ahead. A, a detail I noticed for the first time, which is in the opening video, the opening ceremonies where he's, Michael's playing everyone in the office. And we got to get, we got to <laughs> yeah. get to the Dundies, right? Uh, that. Oh yes. That of course. Oscar, Oscar appears in the video and no one else does, but it's the real Oscar. And he has a line and no, everyone else oh. is like the office is Everyone's empty a- and Michael's making the video uh, with D'Angelo. Well, hey. But Oscar <laughs> actually has a line. Try Jim D'Angelo. He'll be able to help. And then it pans over to, hey, man, you want to listen to some records? But it's actually Oscar. It's so funny <laughs> that he's so in that. That's so funny. That's a good bit of trivia. Part of me wants to analyze it, but I know there's no there's no meaning. <laughs> I know there's it has no, no content. content. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we've disagreed <laughs> about that, right, in the past? That you think, What did you say? 
we've disagreed of that of Oscar's comment there, right? Because you thought it was uh, about what D'Angelo says about needing to look into his heart, or like about what they're talking about. And I thought Oscar is talking about the camera trick that Michael was able to do with the mirror. Oh, yes. Well, I always thought it was why Michael felt he needed to play everyone in the office and why he needed at the very end to look at, like why D'Angelo needed to look in the mirror and see Michael Scott. I forgot I about think, that. Yeah. I mean, it, it just led me, it just made me think of my, um, you know, cinema studies courses in, in college and how I, we were told like anytime a character is looking into a mirror is is very important you know the mirror <laughs> right, right sure yeah there's something happening there there's something to analyze so i think that that's maybe more like his 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 film theory yeah, uh you know okay. he's putting on his film theory right. cap there there's just a little shot of what things. are you talking there's a little about? shot of oscar watching that scene kind of squinting his eyes and i always thought oscar's can't help but be intrigued by the camera trick that was actually pulled off mm-hmm. really well. Like it's very seamless. That right. it's like, wait, yeah. there's no way Michael Scott was able to pull this off. And he wants to be yeah. like, I, I gotta know how he did it, but I, I can't. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I didn't want to, I, I was like, wait, I wanted to say something about last Dundies. And that oh, was no. It. Okay. No, that's no, the point we'll... of the show is to just say things about episodes. <laughs> also, also are we too, are we to believe that they initially had prepared to do the song from Rent at Louis Volpe's? I guess so. Yeah, they, they must, must have. have been, right? Yeah. But Daryl didn't like... have his keyboard there. Uh, that's the, Did see, he? Well, they're, they're, Dwight had his keyboard. So they were. Like, yeah, Dwight well, had a keyboard. Yeah. They just had to turn the sound effects uh, pedal off. <laughs> but, which is crazy, because that means D'Angelo agreed to do a solo uh, at that in the middle of the Dundies, which is quite performative for D'Angelo to yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, to do that doesn't quite doesn't quite add up there anyway hmm. Hmm. well a great well, unanswered question why was dwight not in the room during the song right right and then yeah, we also know we, that d'angelo is performative when it comes to juggling that's true <laughs> dwight wasn't there because he was in a all-out sprint <laughs> he isn't he isn't <laughs> and <laughs> in the car when he's make like, a decision yeah here. like how long do you think this will take, fellas? Because I, I, got, I got to make a decision here. <laughs> um, well, um, anyways, I mean, goodbye, Michael. I don't know if we want to talk so much about my, save, Steve leaving the show. We could save most of that episode because we're going to – I'm sure we'll that's do a worthy, whole It's worthy of its own episode. I think it was very uh, – a deft move from the show to – kind of write D'Angelo into a smaller storyline that got him out of the office. Definitely. You know what? I'm going to get out of your hair. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That was effective yeah. because it didn't, Michael could, you know, have all of his sort of closure moments with the other characters without having to worry about the fact that D'Angelo's there or in his office mm-hmm. or trying yeah. to come up with a new practice. It was nice to kind of get D'Angelo out to the animal shelter while Michael is <laughs> Annie, you know, shooting shelter. basketballs or shooting at the hoop over his head and trying to use the baler. Right, and right. And, and like the D'Angelo Andy scene is also, it's, I mean, Andy goes on to become the manager eventually. And mm-hmm. he gets to sort of see D'Angelo work up close and personal and realize, oh my God, D'Angelo is a terrible salesman. His background story is nuts. You're telling me he was just kind of a homeless drifter <laughs> and saved a dog and Joe hired him. That's it. Uh, and he has mm-hmm. to do this sort of stealing a dog to recreate that energy that he got. Um, it's very bizarre. <laughs> 
It establishes you wonder about Nelly's backstory. Oh my god. Well totally. Nelly and D'Angelo, there's a there's a couple that might have worked. <laughs> Could have worked. Yeah. 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 Uh, Joe Bennett playing matchmaker. But it is a um, it, it, and it's it's just a weird the whole thing is really weird between D'Angelo and Andy. And then they actually go on the sales call. Which yeah. Is well, I want to back up even a little bit just yeah. because, you know, <laughs> Andy and D'Angelo already have an odd relationship at this point because Andy's office funny guy. Okay. <laughs> he's got, he's, it's back in training funny guy. day when. <laughs> what do you got for me? I'm like a little it. bit of a midday lull here. What do you got for me? <laughs> it's because too uh, they're telling the story of how they mis- they didn't like know that uh, that uh, D'Angelo and Michael didn't recognize each other when they met at the hotel bar, and Andy pulls out like "Hello, my name is Andy" stickers and says, "That's why I always keep a, keep a couple of these. You never know," <laughs> which is just so absurd. Oh gosh! But now drink uh, the soap. Yeah, <laughs> drink, some I love soap. It. <laughs> drink some soap. Drink some soap. <laughs> this oh, is my gosh. life now. <laughs> That's right. Oh gosh! But then, but then, of course, at the end of Goodbye, Michael, we get Michael's goodbye party, which he's not at, there to attend. And uh, D'Angelo, um, we get D'Angelo palming the cake, <laughs> and uh, I like the corners. <laughs> yeah. He goes back for it again. No, I deserve this. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> Flicks it into the trash. Dwight just turning to Jim, going, "Uh oh." Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the moment of like, oh yeah. boy, oh no, yeah. this guy's unhinged. That's one of the funnier things about this arc is that Michael, for so long, has been the crazy boss or the unorthodox boss or the annoying boss or whatever adjective you want to put in front of that. And he is replaced by someone who is more unpredictable and more of a live wire. And <laughs> he's slotted in to be there indefinitely. Uh, there, there's something very, very funny about that, that they're trading this known for the unknown. It reminds me a lot of when uh, Jim goes to Stanford and then Andy is the new sort of Dwight equivalent up at Stanford and Jim just doesn't really know what to do with him at first. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he tries to do the same old tricks and he gets a reaction. He doesn't know what to do with for Mandy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Whoa. Uh, and when we get like the, uh, when Andy and D'Angelo are on the sales call and D'Angelo does the whole sales pitch to that guy of like, if you want a white bread, boring paper representative, who's going to get you your paper on time at the agreed upon price. Andy Bernard is not your guy. <laughs> and, 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 like, Andy keeps thinking like, oh, great. My manager's going to help me. And he doesn't. Yeah. Angela's just like, just completely takes it another way and does like, uh, <laughs> you ever play Russian roulette? <laughs> <laughs> you ever, time to spin the chamber. Yeah, spin the chamber. <laughs> By signing up for another year. And it's like the craziest sales pitch of all time. Like, yeah. It's not when you want to he's hand someone potential. paperwork. Sure. sure. Yeah. I'm not going to say he's the best. He's got potential. Um, Andy Bernard this guy, is not your guy. You go with this guy, you could be making the biggest mistake of your life or the biggest good decision of your life. It's either going to be the best thing you ever did or the worst thing you ever did. And then Andy goes back and gets the sale. Like Andy yeah. kind of grows up in that moment. A couple, I mean, big things happen for Andy there, like where he gets, you know, obviously Andy or uh, Aaron breaks up with Gabe, and Andy has a little hope there. 
And then, of mm-hmm. course, this whole arc where it's like Andy kind of finds his footing as a salesman a little bit and probably propels him to a spot where he can become manager. So even though yes. D'Angelo and Andy Our is God. a bit of a side story in this Michael goodbye, it does set up a lot of season eight. There is something funny, too, about Michael showing trust in Andy, where he gives Phyllis the chattering teeth, and he gives Stan Lee the felt I've fallen mini and pool I can't table. get up. Yeah. <laughs> Stan Lee, you like that? <laughs> and he gives Stan Lee the, the felt without the, the balls for the mini pool table. And then end to Andy are my 10 biggest clients. <laughs> I'm going to lose them. I guarantee you. Michael, I lost Mike. Foster Paper. I, I, I lost him. <laughs> I lost Porter Hardware. Porter Hardware, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. All, yeah. all right, buddy. You you keep going. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about the, 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 D'Angelo's final episode, The Inner Circle. Um, this, uh, this we learned that uh, D'Angelo's got The Inner Circle, which is Jim, uh, Daryl, uh, Gabe, and Kevin, right? You hear that, Mom? Your boy, Kevin <laughs> Malone, is at the inner circle. Um, I mean, there's a theme in this episode that I don't, like, I, I think this is kind of like a, a sort of problematic episode. They identify this, what's happening as, you know, that, uh, that D'Angelo... Um, is a bit of a sexist. He, he, you know, he just tries to hang out with the guys in the office, and sort of ignores the women. And just sort of just as they're kind of broach, breaching this subject, um, I mean, basically, D'Angelo does his his free throw line dunk and uh, goes completely brain dead, and they just move on from it. Um, but um, I thought it was what was what I did like about this though is it almost is reminiscent of some of those early episodes for the office like um you know diversity day or sexual harassment or you know stuff like that and i think that what i really like about this episode is is you know we get steve carell is gone and we see just will ferrell as the manager for an episode and he just immediately makes the office into a boys club. Yes. There is an element of everything that we've come to know about the office over all this time. And it's suddenly all in flux. It's similar to when Charles comes in. Bas- basically, I'm thinking of Kelly and Ryan and how Ryan basically pretends that he's Kelly's boss to kind of justify the fact that he has a job. And uh, yeah, right. Jim all of a sudden isn't... Uh, isn't beloved by the boss when he mentions that his actions might be coming across as sexist. There's uh, and, and that Dwight isn't uh, best friends with the boss or uh, doesn't have a great relationship with the manager either. And that's of Dwight's own choice, of course, but uh, and he hires uh, pretty much a supermodel with no experience to have an office right. job. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Yeah. There's uh, so much of it just gets kind of uh, ripped out from under us as viewers. We've been watching for so long and these dynamics are so established. Uh, it's funny to watch D'Angelo come in. And then even when Kelly can says, no, D'Angelo, Ryan is not my boss. He hasn't worked here in years. And then D'Angelo just says, well, you seem kind of hysterical yeah. to me. Yeah, I like these things the way so, they were. That is a little <laughs> hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. So terrible. Yeah, so, it's hard to watch. Yeah. You know, it's it, And let's I be clear, think... the, the point is that D'Angelo's being horrible. Of course. It's not oh, like, of course, yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 Of course, but and I guess, you know, he gets his by by by, you know, 
um, become becoming completely brain dead later. So like later in the show, I think Daryl mentions like that that D'Angelo died, and Andy says something like, "No, his brain his died." Brain died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All of the reason that I mentioned those is just examples of how jarring it is to think that D'Angelo might be the boss long term, or what that might seem like or feel like as a viewer. Mm-hmm. When for so long we've seen Jim and Dwight is kind of right below the manager and Ryan Kelly's dynamic perceived in a certain way. And yeah. But they're also getting an opportunity, but I mean, it's like, they're also getting a chance here to laugh at him too. I mean, it's like if he hadn't, you know, nearly killed himself doing the dunk, um, you know, I guess he did in a way actually do the dunk, didn't he? Um, but, but, but they're certainly laughing at him when he does his miming juggling, uh, routine um, I think, like you know, quickly they would have figured out that that he's you know he's a he's a, just as much of a moron moron as uh, Michael Scott ever was, and um, he, he wouldn't have much power over them anymore. At the beginning of the episode, he's 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 delivering good news in a very severe tone. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Daryl. Company sending you a business school at night. Deal with Full it, ride. Pal. Deal with it. Seriously? Yeah. 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 Change two. Toby, you're getting a new chair. Thanks. Don't thank yeah. me. Hey, don't thank me, guy. <laughs> I don't care if you like it. That's the new thing on Ice Cream Fridays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's some <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> yeah. And, that's right. and he says, this is the time where I need to figure out who's a good worker and who's going to tell me what I want to hear. Because pretty soon I won't care and I don't know the difference. Yeah, that's right. Kevin's got me pegged. That yeah, is yeah. astute observation, Kevin. <laughs> That's yeah. He, it's it is. Uh, he's he draws a lot of lines early on. We we get it before this episode actually, where he's just like not impressed by Jim and Pam's baby, which is just a great. We, we always like it when people just don't buy Jim and Pam's charm. It's always yeah. funny, uh, and it keeps writing here when you know Pam tries to like get her friend hired, and he's just like put it with the others. He's just robotic with her. <laughs> um, and then, of course, they're going through all the resumes for that job that he eventually hires Jordan Garfield for. Um, and that's mm-hmm. when we find out D'Angelo is a motivational juggler, which he's not. I think he's just insane. I don't think he does a motivational juggling routine. No. At all. Of course. Uh, which is such a weird... Phyllis, do you trust me? <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird flex, though, to be like... To call out the guy, like Daryl, who's like... It's funny this guy put juggling under special skills, and Tiangelo just like, "What's funny about juggling?" You know, it's a weird thing. <laughs> and I mean, I'm sure we've we've all seen this. I think somebody sent us this to us at one point, but someone created a video where mm-hmm. they added in the juggling balls. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that is really impressive. That song that's oh. playing while he does it, Evanescence. Evanescence, Evanescence yeah. is such a great call. I feel like Wait, I've. Me, uh, I know. <laughs> It's like, I swear I saw a juggling routine in elementary school and that the music was definitely like that, for sure. It's so Save intense. Me. <laughs> Save me from the nothing shut, 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 I shut, become. Shut, shut. He moves the ball off the back of his neck at the end. <laughs> he caught it. It's such a great, such a great detail. I do love oh when God. Gabe calls it Magic Jordan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Michael Jordan. And you talked about the dunk. He doesn't really do the dunk. It seems as if he jumps and grabs the rim and pulls himself up by the rim to do the dunk. Right, right. Jump, yeah, he jumps off Kevin. Well, he jumps over Kevin. Oh, I thought he kind of planted off Kevin's back so that he could get to the rim. 
Oh, it might have been. They cut it together so quickly yeah, yeah. <laughs> that we're not supposed to see much. And then they smash cut to the ambulance driving away. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> now what? I love to when he comes back in the hospital gown and Aaron yes. just says, Michael, when, <laughs> when he walks in. <laughs> as yeah. a, as a yeah. we have a We have a mutual friend and back in the day if he drank too much that's exactly what he sounded like when he talked was d'angelo when he comes back from the hospital bartender says to pow <laughs> perfectly normal cadence but gibberish words yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, what any favorite D'Angelo moments that we didn't get a chance to touch on? I have one. This is my favorite. This is my favorite D'Angelo quote, and it's when Dwight is he's trying to get on Dwight's good side. It's from the inner circle, and uh, D- Dwight says, "It's just that I uh, okay." So D'Angelo says, "There he is. Got your coffee." And Dwight says, "Oh wow, thank you. That was so kind of you." And he throws the coffee in the garbage. D'Angelo says, "Not a coffee guy. I take it." Dwight says, it's just that I own the coffee shop. So once you've seen sausage being made, all you want to do is make sausage because it's so much fun. And D'Angelo <laughs> says, listen, I got a sixer. Automatic for the people on the jukebox. Let's hit the park after sundown. Come on. Pick up some sausage if you want. And Dwight says, I think what you'll find what you're looking for over there. And he points at Oscar. <laughs> Automatic for the people on the oh, jukebox. God. I think you'll find what oh, you're looking God. for over there. Uh, <laughs> Automatic for the people. This is a perfect specific reference. I I heard he my favorite. I think my favorite D'Angelo quote is either the Animal Olympics or his whole sales pitch when he's with Andy because it's so <laughs> it's so weird. But the when he's shooting the basketball and he finally makes one, he just goes, "See what I did there? That's what you got to do." And he goes, "It's a little put a little English on there. The British are coming." English on the ball. And he says, "The British are coming." <laughs> it's such a funny little like. It's such a weird thing to say. Uh, I don't know why it just tickles there me. There are so many Will Ferrell. Like Will Ferrell, it seems as if his his move is to take everything to a crazy place. He escalates so many situations and commit. No, and, there's and commits there's to a, it a hundred percent. All the way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. and that—that's an energy that we don't get in the office very often. No, I love when he's—I love when he's—he uh, invites his uh, his barber in to shave him in in the office, and he's—and I think we're maybe supposed to think he's maybe kind of a normal guy at this point, but he's just—he's just talking to his barber, and he goes, "I saw a hawk today." <laughs> Just, just sitting right there on the overpass, looking at me. <laughs> I saw a hawk today. Saw a hawk today. <laughs> just looking at me. Uh, that's <laughs> so amazing. Good. Oh god, that's fun too. When uh, we get Ryan's reactions to D'Angelo initially are so. Ryan, uh, B.J. Novak does this thing. When his character is around people that the character really respects or looks up to, he gets very physically fidgety, I've noticed. And he does it a lot with D'Angelo when he's watching him shave. (laughs) He kind of gets uneasy that he needs to like, he needs to, he gets really self-conscious. It's just a funny thing that that, that Ryan's character does. really like it. That's good. Oh, I've never noticed that. But don't Um, boss me around. Yeah. Lead me when I'm in the mood to be led. Yeah. He does it after Michael, uh, the power move, and Michael's not caring what people think. He's like, I don't know how you do it, man. I just don't know how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> You'll learn, baby. You'll learn. <laughs> well, here's the, here's the big question for you. Could, would you have liked to have seen 
a, an entire season of D'Angelo as manager? Do you think it could be done? Yes or no? It could what be do done think? in the way that, like, I could sit down and, like, eat a two-pound steak. It's just... <laughs> it's just... Hey, you get it for free if you did. <laughs> I'm just... It's going to be way too rich. I'm going to be way too full, <laughs> and I'm not going to feel great afterwards. And... To me, that's like Will Ferrell. There's a reason that when he's a lead in a movie, it's a movie. It has, I could take about an hour and a half of Will Ferrell on 10, set to 10. <laughs> and uh, I just don't know how much longer it could have lasted. Sure, it could have happened. Yeah. Um, but put him in, say, Robert California's role. I don't think you could sustain that for a whole season versus someone like Robert mm. California. His character is much more of a slow burn. And yeah. D'Angelo is a hot fire burning. It's not, a, it's not gradual. I think we got the perfect amount. I think two. We if we had a full season, that would be a bit too much, for a lot of the reasons that we talked about. For for Will Ferrell's sort of high energy uh, play within a very mundane setting, I think even James Spader, his lines are very they're delivered very calmly. Versus D'Angelo, uh, his lines are very over the top and high energy and very loud. And I think too the other thing is all the dynamics we talked about Ryan and Kelly that would have been hard to watch for a whole season. Um, with Kelly kind of having to pretend that Ryan is her manager and D'Angelo making the office into a boys club. Those dynamics would have been hard to watch for a whole season. I mm -hmm. think with one episode and then he breaks his brain, that's, that's a, the right dosage, I think. It would mm -hmm. have been very difficult unless they made some big changes to the way the office felt. Or, to, or They would have had to make it feel like the normal office plus D'Angelo versus the version of the office that we saw when D'Angelo was the manager. I go ahead, John. Yeah, I, I I agree, and I think that, and I think that um, you know, to imagine it, you only really have to look to Nelly and what they had to do with her character, where it's like she came in super hot, she came in at a ten, and then they really had to back off and kind of, sort of, you know, make you feel sorry for her, sort of write some heart into the character, sort of make them sympathetic and normal. So they could have done that eventually with D'Angelo. We could have, yeah. you know, we could have injected some heart into the character. But then at that point, why? Is that really what you want? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, I would trust the writers and producers to figure it out uh, eventually. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. I was just in, in Andy Green's book, the, in the sort of another oral history of The Office that's not the podcast, mm -hmm. uh, Will Ferrell's talks about this, that he was at a meeting with his agents and his manager and they were going through projects and he, he was like, Oh, Steve's, he says, Hey, I know it's Steve's last year. I'd love to go on and just do a cameo. And they were like, Oh, would you want to just do a, like a character arc? And Will Ferrell was like, yeah, let's do it. So he volunteered for this position. It's not like nice. they had to sell Will Ferrell. So, and he went in as basically doing Steve a favor or like uh, this would help. And he, Will Ferrell asked the producers, would this help the show? And they're like, uh, yeah, like come in for as long <laughs> as you want. It's like, great. We'll just do yeah. a little, uh, We'll do a character arc. And yeah, I also, you know, I also think that Will Ferrell on our show would do a lot for our show. So if he yeah. ever wants to come, come on, on for a few episodes, invitation is open, man. Yeah. <laughs> come be our <laughs> little character arc. Come host yeah. our trivia for a, for yes, a couple please. months. Um, yeah. I also wanted Annie, to Annie Shelter. Also wanted to share this little bit, uh, maybe as just a way to to wrap up Will Ferrell's role on the show. But <clears throat> this is from one of the producers of the show who said, uh, "Will was just a wonderful man." <laughs> uh, there's a um, 
we'd say, you know, Will, we need you first thing in the morning, and then we're gonna, not going to need you until the last thing in the evening. If you want to disappear for six, seven hours, just hang out by your phone and let me call you when we need you. And he's like, ah, heck no. Do you guys know, uh, you know you guys have provided a nice trailer for me, and I saw a basketball hoop out there. You got a basketball? I said, sure. Props has a basketball. He goes, hey, I'll go shoot some hoops. So Will Ferrell would hang out for hours behind the warehouse on the set, shooting hoops with some of our crew people who weren't busy at the moment, like electricians <laughs> and camera guys or grips. I used to say to them, go shoot hoops with Will. We'll call you if we need you. Now, <laughs> that's awesome. That is my uh, personal paradise right there. That sounds like <laughs> that the greatest day of all time. You show up first thing in the morning and you are on the office for a little while and then you shoot hoops for, a, for the rest of the day. Then Dang. you come back and you shoot Isn't hoops that, and, you, and you're on the office again. I know. At the end. I know. Or imagine just, yeah, imagine. Be, Doctor is in. <laughs> like, or you're working in the props department. They're like, oh, just go shoot around with Will for an hour. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Let's do it. Uh, oh, I think boy. when you're back on your feet, Alex, and we can play pick up again or get a run in again. When you when we shoot back off the glass, we have to say the British are coming. <laughs> <laughs> Next time we can get a run in. <laughs> People are going to be like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> a little English on it. See what it did there? Flick that yeah. wrist. <laughs> well, I'd say that just about does it for our D'Angelo story arc episode. Uh, let's move on to a conference room. Five minutes. Okay, everybody, listen up. If you are not in that conference room in two minutes, I am going to kill you. All right, this week's conference room is going to be pretty quick. If it comes from Adam on Facebook, thank you so much for sending these in. He asks us a very simple question. Team copier or team chair? Mm. Uh, uh, remind me, is... Everyone gets a new chair? Everybody so. gets a new chair, yes. Maybe except yes, for indeed. Toby, because in, uh, based on what D'Angelo <laughs> said, he was just getting a new chair. This uh, Don't thank me, guy. At that point. Yeah. Don't thank me, guy. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to go team chair. You got to have a comfy That's chair. That's my gut, was team chair. It's going to make your employees maybe a little more productive, maybe a little healthier. Yeah, I like I like Pam's logic. Everyone sits in a chair everyone every day. Well, not everyone. But not everybody sits on a copier every day. Mm -hmm. Or even uses a copier. I would also probably assume that the, the amount of paper that needs to be copied is getting less and less every year. Um, meanwhile, chairs remain an important part of the office. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, they call it a paperless world after all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this is going to be really exciting for everyone at home listening, but I'm also team chair. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that means we get new chairs at the Michael Scott hey, Podcast I mean, Company. Go is... out and buy yourself a chair. It's on the hey, company credit card. I just bought card. myself a new chair. Dude, I did too. It is, it is great. <laughs> Ooh, la, la. Ooh, I have, wow. uh, you know, we, we got those office stickers not that long ago. Do you remember that, Alex? Yeah, yeah. Around December. I have a sticker of Zen Dwight or Meditating Dwight. <laughs> On my uh, right armrest. Oh, that's a good spot. Nice. addition to my, uh, I, my new chair. Uh, I put the little the little Dwight. It says, don't be an idiot with a stern Dwight. And I put that on my uh, my little microphone USB box. So it's always in my sight when I'm working. And a <laughs> oh, good, good yeah. reminder. I mean, it's hard to think of the copy. The thing about the chairs that everyone is in the chair all day. That's a lot yeah. of time. And they can make a big difference in how people feel. The copier is probably not used every day. I'm sure it sucks, but they can uh, figure out a different way to budget for the copier next year. But I'm team chair all the way. Mm -hmm. Team chair. Uh, we have a part two of this. Another thing that Adam sent us. Uh, okay. Thank you again. So uh, this is just four different options for what would you pick or which would you pick? So number one, Dwight becoming manager instead of Andy. 
get to see Michael and Holly's wedding plus their kids, getting an episode about Creed's life, Jim never goes to Philadelphia. Give me a Michael Holly wedding episode. Yeah. That's a good yeah. I think that's I think that's my pick. I think Dwight is manager. Um it wouldn't work for that long of a time. It works better in short little bits that we get. Uh Jim not going to Philly. I don't really care. I don't really care about that one very <laughs> I don't much. Really yeah. Care too much. And what was the fourth one? Uh, an episode about Creed's life. I like Creed mm. shrouded in mystery. Uh, so yeah, give me <laughs> give me Holly and Michael's wedding. I would take a Creed episode. It would have to be completely different, as we've already discussed. It'd be more of like a Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul. <laughs> Just a whole different genre. Just totally <laughs> different genre. I'm sure that I use this exact same example when we talk about it on another episode. But Frank? there's an episode of Always Sunny called Being Frank. Yeah. Where it's all POV yeah. from Frank Reynolds' uh, yeah, perspective. That's, right. that's what I would <laughs> like right. to see. Yeah. Um, but I guess, you know, that was my uh, first uh, instinct as well was the Michael Hawley wedding plus their kids because that is kind of the great unknown mm. with The Office. Uh, but for the sake of being different, I'll take Jim Never Goes to Philly. I think season nine would have been maybe a little bit more fun to watch or a little less hard to watch, let's say, if the mm. Jim Philly thing isn't out there. That's I don't know point. what I would switch in its place because – you need to give Jim and Pam something to do in that last season. Do but... you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, don't it didn't either. need to be so. I don't. Well, okay, we can talk about this more later, I guess. But <laughs> it didn't need to be. I didn't think it needed to be like they needed to give us high stakes drama for Jim and Pam anymore. It would have. Hey, been... man, we're inside and the air outside is ninety nine percent smoke. We have all the time in the world if you want to talk about it. <laughs> No, I mean we don't have to get too deep into it. If, if, but but I do. But you know, I I I think that they could have cooled off on Jim and Pam in general, and just been like, oh, it's nice. You know, they're just they're kind of uh, they're 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 grounded. They're cool. We don't have to worry about them. I it's think just Jim messing with Dwight, figuring and, out how to parent is is drama enough. Yeah. Right? That would have been I fine. Wish- that would have been all right. You know what I would have swapped that with? Maybe is Meredith chasing after Brian the Boom Guy. Hey, when are you going to boom me? <laughs> yeah. Hey, All of the guy. Jim and Pam time that we got in season <laughs> nine is just is, is very much minimized, and it's all Meredith it's and Meredith. Brian the Boom Guy. I'd be okay with that. And she wins him over eventually. Yeah. yeah and like, they fall in love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would have been okay with that. I got it really Bruce. quick. I have a pitch. <laughs> Bruce. I got a pitch. <laughs> I got a pitch for a Creed episode. Which okay. would be like okay. a special episode they release later, or it's an extra or something. Which is Creed steals a camera and a boom mic from the crew after work, and oh, nice. all they get is footage that Creed has shot around his life. So it is first person POV, much like being Frank, but it's just Creed narrating as he takes the camera around, yeah. and it'd be really <laughs> weird and abstract. And the and the producers of the documentary would find it later and cut it together into an episode. And so I that think, would be great. Ooh, that's brilliant. Episode. That's really fun. That's a really Pretty amazing fun idea. for a day in the, at a dog food factory, yeah. a dog food company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's move on to some trivia. Let's just do our thing, collect our hardware, and get the hell home. <laughs> okay, trivia this week. Uh, I got two different trivias. Two different folks. Oh I kind of two short little trivia bits, and I thought they'd go well together. Uh, this first one comes from Alana. Elena? Alana. 
from, okay. from London. You sound like you're from London. Uh, an office fan <laughs> said, no, we just watch Forgetting Sarah Marshall and shout out to Paul Red. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you sound like you're from London. Uh, and this is a trivia all about Michael's eating habits, specifically Michael mm, eating. Love it. Okay, cool. Let me get the bell here. While you're getting that, just a, a quick uh, moment to recognize that there is one office president moment that we didn't catch in our trivia from a couple weeks ago, which uh-huh. is Andy's reference to Richard Nixon. Oh, yes, that is. And, uh, <laughs> that and, is and, and Pam talking about how Jim looks particularly Nixony in the morning, which, to be fair, I think a lot of us look kind of Nixony in the morning. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nixony. Uh, all right, here we go. Michael's eating habits. Question. There's eight questions. Question one What is Michael's order? from Wendy's over the phone. Chili and a baked potato. Nope. Frosty and a baked potato. potato. There we go. I don't have a, I need an buzzer. I only have the bell. No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, the challengers are lining up, Edwin, by the way, to take you down. Yeah, I know. Jeez, yeah. Um, We're going to have to do this. mm -hmm. Uh, Question two, what food does Michael order in Night Out? And then what does he order instead when the staffs when the staff says they don't serve food? Uh, he orders like mozzarella sticks or chicken fingers. Yes, like chicken finger chicken fingers and I never caught this. Jalapeno poppers? The, the drink know. that he orders. Um Curly Temple? I don't no. know. No. It's Grenadine. A, it's a Midori sour. Oh, Midori sour. The joke oh. that Josh and Jim make back at the convention. Yes. A shot of Midori, perhaps. And I wonder, yeah. ever since that, Michael has been ordering <laughs> Midori. He looked it yeah. up and was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he asked no, for like no a cup of martini olives and a cup of maraschino Correct. cherries. Correct. Very good. Olives and maraschino cherries. Very nice. Question three. What candy bar does Michael eat while working at the call center? Or it's not a candy bar, but what bar does Michael eat? Vanilla Crisp Power Bar. Wow. If you focus on your sales, <laughs> uh, which gummy sweets are in Michael's sad box and which are in his happy box? Oh, uh, this is a trivia question that I... Bears, sad, worms, happy. Come on. Nice. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Question five. Killing what it. is Michael's drink order on his blind date with Pam's landlady? Oh, it's hot chocolate with caramel and a shot of peppermint whoa nailed it wow. every part of it wow was it small Michael? was it a small medium Michael? or large uh large yeah wow <laughs> michael uh, he just doesn't i give our lady my lady a 10 for looks and uh one for the ability to describe herself <laughs> uh uh, what is Michael's favorite ice cream flavor? We've, oh, chocolate chip mint. Yep, mint chocolate chip. We, oh, yeah, yeah. We right. find that out. We find that out um, in this arc. Mint chocolate chip. Uh, <laughs> what types of sub does Michael order for everyone on his birthday? Tomato, bologna, and ketchup. Easy. And finally, what? Somebody ate three feet of that thing? What does <laughs> Michael order to intimidate Grotti and Mafia? <laughs> Uh, the gabagool. The gabagool. With a side salad, yeah. if the salad comes on top, I send I it send back. Send it back. Yep, Very there nice. You go. There you go. All right. A oh, couple boy. more now. This is from Ryan, okay. the okay. Rye guy, as he self-identifies here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here we go. A few questions from the whole series. What is David Wallace's wife's, not, wife's name and son's name? The son is named Teddy. The son is named Teddy. Teddy McFredwin. 
with the answer. Mm-hmm. That's Edmund's nickname, everybody. Teddy McFredwin. No, it was Freddie McTedwin. Oh, <laughs> Freddie McTedwin, excuse me. John, is my name still in your phone as Fred? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> no way! <laughs> yeah, it is. That's awesome. It, it asked me one time if I wanted to update your contact. <laughs> and no. I said, no, thank you. Um, case of mistaken identity. I am buying time because I can't think of the wife's name. Laura I can't Hart. think of <laughs> No. It's Rachel. 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 Okay. Rachel. By the way, Rachel Edwin. Wallace. My contact picture is still you and the apron that says, wherever I go, there I am. <laughs> uh, okay. Question two. What is Pam's sister's name? Penny. Penny. Very good. Mm. Uh, this is a fun. This is fu- this is a fun one. Season four. Season four, episode, episode one. one. How many characters' middle names can you name? Ryan listed fourteen. Uh, okay. So we might be able Angela, to get more. But... Angela Noel. Interesting. You started with that one. Nice. Okay. Yeah, Dwight. I Dwight. Know. Kurt. Uh huh. Two. Um. Does is it Phil? Is does Phyllis count as Phyllis Lappin Vance? No, that's a hyphenated last name. That is not her middle name. Michael okay. Gary Scott. Michael Gary Scott. There we go. Uh, Kelly Aaron Hannon. Kelly Aaron Hannon. Very nice. Pamela Morgan Beasley. There's five. Mm. Um. Andrew Baines Bernard. Yes. Kelly Rajanaganda Kapoor. I thought Rajanaganda was a girl's. It was a boy's name. Uh, Holly Partridge Flax. <laughs> Holly Partridge Flax. Wow. Not on his list. All right, there we go. Um, Gabe Elizabeth Lewis. Oh, what Sean. Susan. Gabe, Gabe Susan. Susan. What's Susan. it for GSL? GSL. Yeah. Shoot. Uh, D'Angelo Jeremy. Yeah, Trias there's Vickers. ten. Um, who else is there in the cast? Um, Ryan Bailey Howard. Ryan Bailey Howard. There's eleven. Wow. Um, we just got to beat fourteen. You're gonna get him. We just got to beat fourteen. Uh, Kevin. Do we know Kevin? I'll just I'll just start naming some characters. Jim Halpert. Oh my god! I administered a middle name trivia. <laughs> I know. In an episode, bro, I've been administering uh, trivia like a for ago. a year yeah. now, and I don't remember anything. Um, shoot! I'll give I you a hint. Know. Let me think. Uh, not on not on Jim's name, but on a, there's two other characters that we know their middle names, but we we never they're not really ever in the show. We just hear about them. <laughs> One is Creed's real name. Oh. Oh, uh, William Charles Snyder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. Well, another one Will is be... a baby. Cecilia Marie Halpert. Yes. Very good. Okay. Um, and then Jim. We just need Jim's middle name. Or just somebody else in the or someone cast. Else. James. I don't know. That we another know. one is a name that uh, Toby says during Last Dundies in this arc. George Howard. George Scott. Howard Scott. Oh, <laughs> oh this is a bit of a Spangler. yeah. It's a bit of a cheap shot, but we'll take it. Oh boy! So there's well, fourteen. Thank you. There's fourteen. So really, what it is now is what is Jim's middle name? Wow. Philip. I don't know. Oh, no, close. It All is right, you can Duncan. Talk. Oh, whoa, Duncan. Oh, Jim Duncan. This came up. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've talked about this. <laughs> Uh-huh. Did we miss um, any others? We got Kurt Schrute. We got... I'm, sh- I'm sure we did. Sure we did, too. Do we get a bonus point for Dwight Fart Schrute? <laughs> 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 well, 
Mr. Poop. Thank you so much for sending in trivia, Ryan. And who who was the first one from again? Um, Alana. Alana. Alana, thank you guys so much for sending in trivia. You can send us in your trivia at home. Email us, mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. You can call us, 503 Put trivia in the subject. Yes, please. Um, uh, call us, 503-694-9314. You can leave us a message, and we play them on the show. Last week, we had a voicemail episode, if you haven't listened to that yet. Um we're on Facebook and Instagram, Michael Scott Podcast Company, Twitter at Michael Scott Pod. We have a website, michaelscottpod.com. You can join us on patreon.com slash Michael Scott and become a Scott's Tot for five bucks a month. Every month, we'll do a special extra episode, mailbag episode, where we answer all the questions on Patreon. Um, so anything that you write to us on there, we will talk about on a special Scott's Tots show. Um, and we're donating a, a portion of um, our uh, what we make on Patreon to the Thurgood Marshall College Fund, um, and we'll uh, we'll continue to donate to a, a, to different charities in the future. So please join us on mm-hmm. there, five bucks a month. Um, and, and you know what that that money's getting sizable now, per month. That's getting bigger. That's a donation yeah. every single month. I think we're doing about half of the money is going. So this is sweet. This is yeah, a good thing we, just, we got going and. And uh, we just keep the small amount of money that it takes to run this show and to occasionally go on <laughs> Airbnb retreats as a team and record episodes. Mm-hmm. Although, um, to, for, for context, we've done that twice, and it was before we started Patreon. <laughs> yes. And God knows when we're actually going to be able to do that again. Yeah, we have, so, I mean, we've been recording. I, I don't on. know. Who knows when that's going to happen again? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. for now, that money's just going to a good cause. So join us on there. Um, it, it helps us do the show, but it, it goes to a good cause too. So, um, and a special thanks to Ryan Lowe who helps us with all our social media designs, our artwork. Special thanks to all our Scots Tots. This episode was recorded in Portland, Oregon, over video chat. Those retreats were also, let's just say, pre-quarantine and pre-COVID. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Yes, that's true. It'll be a while again before we're doing them again. But so, yeah. You know, I, I say it every week, but it, it really, thank you so much for listening. Like, it really does mean the world to all of us, like the three of us, um, that the fact that the show is keep, still going and the fact that the show keeps growing. Uh, we've been get you know, we get messages every now and then for people who find us within the last week or the last month or something like that. And that, um, I don't know, it helps people out in this time to just have something kind of to listen to while they're hanging out at home. Uh, we <laughs> here in Portland are yeah. certainly trapped at home. Um, but really, <laughs> and truly, it means the world for, to us that you guys are listening and hanging out, interacting with us. Um, so thank you, really, really, and truly. Um, and the fact that we're able to turn this into a platform where we're able to give the charity is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and the char- I don't so know if much. we mentioned, too, because the charities are all going to be you know education opportunities for minority students, mm-hmm. college funds. Yeah. Things exactly. that Scott's Tots was actually trying to do, we can actually yeah, we, help with mm-hmm. uh, on the show. And so even if you're... Accomplish Michael Scott's dream. Even if you listen to our show to fall asleep, like I know a lot of people do, uh, we love it. Keep doing it. And if you want to join Scott's Tots, help us with our uh, donations. Love to have you. Yeah, if you're out there, we appreciate you. Pippity poppy, give me the up. Yes, yes, sir. Measure, measure your life in love. Yeah, okay.
Well, this is going to hurt like a mother. <sighs> Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.